Hola y bienvenidos a Café with Strangers. I'm your host, Monica. And if you haven't already listened to the intro trailer, I highly recommend doing that. It'll definitely give you a better idea of what this podcast is about. But if you're sometimes like me and those few extra steps aren't gonna happen, I get it. I get you. Um, <laughs> this podcast is pretty much about having an open conversation with fellow Latinos about the experiences of living in America. And so with that out of the way, the one and only with the biggest and kindest heart is Connie. You and your family are from Chile. I mm-hmm. actually, I know where it is, mm-hmm. but I actually don't know shit about it. <laughs> to be honest, I don't really meet too many people that are from Chile. No, I, I don't. I don't blame you. It's kind of far away from here. Really far away, <laughs> which is actually a little fun fact that I'm going to throw in right now. It is the very end of it is 400 miles away from Antarctica. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It is. That is crazy. Yeah, the, all the south of Chile, it's pretty much just ice. That's, so, that's yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't know anything about Chile or most of countries from South America. So it's yeah. like, how was it for you growing up? Um, any favorite memories and stuff like that? Oh, God. Um, well, my childhood... Um, was very great. Um, my parents are very young, um, and they always tried to raise me in a way that I could explore the world in a responsible way. Um, they always let me be me. Mm-hmm. They always let me choose what I liked, um, what I wanted to do. Um, so it was really great uh, growing up with them. Um, my country is very religious. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my parents are headbangers. <laughs> uh, headbangers. Yeah. Uh, so they didn't raise me that way. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they, they chose a very different route. Um, but yeah, <laughs> oh, it was very great growing up with them. Um, it was always fun. And well, um, yeah, as I said, they had me really young. My brother like high school sweethearts. So. Okay, now I'm really curious <laughs> about, because I was wondering, because one of the questionnaire things was like, you know, being religious. I was like, okay, uh-huh. so that, I, I guess the way that I, I worded it, I was like, are you religious? You are? I was like, I, I, I felt like I was like, well, I confused myself. Mm-hmm. So now I want to know about that. Like, how was that like? Because I didn't stop becoming, I, I became not religious mm-hmm. as a teenager. And that was an experience. But oh, growing yeah, up in it, not being like that, that's, I can't imagine. Because a lot of Latinos are very religious. So like, yeah. how was that? <laughs> um, so it, my generation is actually the one that started changing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because lots of parents realized that they didn't want to go the religious route um mm -hmm, yeah so my mom um growing up obviously she was like she was like the rebel child let's be real um she was the one that she would escape to parties and because she would like other kind of stuff um but my grandmother um she was religious she was never crazy religious if that makes sense um she never made my uncles or my mom do anything that they didn't want to do um, so my mom and her brothers, she has two brothers, um, they decided they not, didn't want to go to church anymore just because they were looked at different, um, they were judged differently, um, just because my grandpa was already living here in the United States. Um, so he would send them clothes, she would send other things that yeah. other kids would not have, and because yeah. they had a little bit more than the rest, they were looked at differently, and they were separated from the other kids. Um, so yeah, it wasn't easy for them growing up, um, but that's why they they decided to get out of the church. Yeah. So that's interesting to me because that's just not as common. No. Like, let's say that our generation, yes, that would be super common. Mm-hmm. So the struggles that your parents faced. 
you don't have to face because they no. went through it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy to me. Ooh, mind blown. <laughs> it's just, yeah. okay, I was like reading, I was watching something and it happened to come up with like uh, someone was visiting Chile and they were talking mm-hmm. a little bit about it yeah. and how really like under, not represented, um, underappreciated, I guess I would say is yeah. because of, it seemed like it's a lot more open, um, a lot, a little bit less strict in the sense that you would see other now Latin. Now it is. Now, now yeah, like that's yeah. Oh, that was from a thing a couple years ago when mm-hmm. I saw, but that just kind of blew my mind because I again I don't know anything about Chile, mm-hmm. so I was like, wow. And so I don't know. There's just mind. <laughs> see, this is why I wanted to do this. I was no, like, yeah, it makes me sure, it makes me sure. learn so much. Yeah, um, and I'm happy to be able to help you. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. This is so cool. Okay. Um, so you've been here since about 18, you said, right? Uh, yeah, December 2018. That's okay. Why I'm up here. What do you miss the most? Oh my today? god, my culture. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about that. Oh my culture. <laughs> let's talk about um, that. So my culture is pretty much based on food. Um, I feel like it's like that for all Latinos. Um, <laughs> but yeah, food, yay. Um, but other than that is that we are people that are very spontaneous and that get together pretty much every day. So yeah. our family is more than just the people that you're related to. Mm-hmm. It's our friends. Yeah. It's our parents' friends. It's more than just that. So. Yeah. My parents pretty much, they get together every weekend with their friends. Sometimes even in weekdays, depending on what they're doing on how their schedule looks. Um, But we are people that like to spend time with our friends and that will make time for their friends. So it's not like like you would see your friends like every now and then. No, it's every weekend. It's sacred. (laughs) That's how it is. And that's how we live. And that's how we like it. I, where am I going with this? Dun, 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 dun. Yes, so that is one thing that I do miss about mm-hmm. Mexico and not being close to family as much anymore is every any reason was a reason to get together. Exactly. And that's what a lot of the major holidays were, like Fourth of July. My my I have an uncle who all he knows about Fourth of July is that it's, it's another good reason to drink you know, and stuff. So to me, like, I get that and I understand that. And so that makes you, like, really excited. I was like, yeah, it's like, that is one of the biggest things I also that I miss. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, anything else that you miss about it? Um, oh, my God. Taking the train. Taking the train? You miss <laughs> yeah. Taking the train? I do. I do miss taking the train. Okay, so the train in Chile. Um, So where I live is the center of Chile and the re- region of Valparaíso. Um, so we have a train that goes from like the rural area to like the sea so it's a total probably like an hour and a half to two hours that if you did the whole circuit um but yeah taking the train pretty much you can go anywhere if you take the train so i used to take it to just go to the beach or go somewhere else with friends or go to school or anything You 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 don't need a car you really don't because public transport is really well made. Yeah. Uh, so if sometimes what I would do is like I take the bus, then I take the train, then I take the bus again, depending on when I where I have to go. But that's all you need to do to go to the place you need. Yeah. To go. Have you been in only Washington um, or mostly Washington? I mean, I've only lived here in Washington, but I've been to California a couple of times. How do you compare the tra- the public transportation? Oh, public transport here is ridiculous. It doesn't. <laughs> it's not efficient at all. 
like my one of my uncles, Justin, um, he used to have to take buses all the time to yeah. go to work because he doesn't have a car. He doesn't know how to drive. Yeah. Um, and he, he used to tell me, like, I would have to wake up like at 4 a.m. if I wanted to be at work by 8. No. Like, it's bad. And Chile, that definitely does not happen. Everything is a lot more efficient because pe- we know people can't afford having a car or people can't afford gas or et cetera. You know, so we need to have a good public transport. Oh, wow. Okay, since you did not grow up fully, or no, since you weren't here in the States <laughs> until 18, uh-huh. um, how, growing up, what were you told about America? What was your perspective about, like, what um, did they say versus now? <laughs> well, it kind of depends on where you look at it. Um my my grandparents have lived here since I'm little. Um, my grandma helped raise me until I was six. Mm-hmm. My grandma and my uncle. Um, but then they came to live here, and I stopped seeing them. But then when I turned 12 years old, we started come visiting here. Okay. Um, so I've always liked English. It's always come easy okay. to me. Um, I was always the girl in class who was paying attention to what the professor was teaching. Um, so it always stuck with me. I always liked it. And then when I started coming here and visiting, I got the chance to put it on practice. Gotcha. So it actually never, it was never put to me like it was a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it was always put like as an opportunity to grow yeah. and an opportunity to have a better future. And ever since I'm little, I remember telling my grandma, I'm going to go live with you. I'm going to go study there. And I made it happen. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. Has, your, has your perspective changed much since then? Because I guess let me say it from as a little kid growing up. Mm-hmm. My turn. <laughs> as a little kid growing up, America was always seen as this is America kind of thing. Like whenever okay. I would go back to Mexico, my cousins were like, oh. It is los Estados Unidos, mm-hmm. and I was always like, yes. <laughs> and so it was always taught to be like this great place of opportunity. And then I guess growing up, realizing how difficult it can actually be mm-hmm. to live here, be here, yeah, for sure. And it's not what I thought of as a little kid and what it made it out to seem. So to me, mm-hmm. it's seeming like you had a great. Like great um, perspective, perspective, and then still continues like that. So that's interesting to me, and I don't know how to go about that. I don't know. I don't know how. Like I'm just like processing that. I was like, that's just. (laughs) Yeah, I I don't know. I guess I just have more of a negative. Yeah, um, it's just that my parents always, always taught me that whatever I would do and I would decide to do, Mm -hmm. it came to me like. What you want to do, if you want to study abroad, you can do it. You can do whatever you set your mind to if you work for it. Yeah. And if you're persistent and and you make it happen. Let's go on to that topic of, I have, okay, so I was not born here, Mm -hmm. but I didn't have to do any of the things. Um, So I have no idea what it takes to get a visa to do that. And then especially coming from, (laughs) like, I, I have a cousin who told me, he's like, yeah, I wanted to go to visit, and, and he's from, from Mexico, obviously from Mexico. He's like, it's hard. I couldn't get it. And I, I don't know what the process is like. I don't know how hard it is, what you have to pay, all these things. And uh-huh. then, like, recently, like, the whole, like, visa thing that you had to go with the work visa, mm-hmm. it, so it seems like a lot. 
and I'm ready to learn. <laughs> oh, no, no. It's it's definitely a, a lot. <laughs> um, so when I first came um, on December 2018, I didn't intend to stay. Okay. Um, I was just going through a lot in my country. Um, I was studying on a private re- university and I was going through a lot. Yeah. Um, and I just felt like I needed a change. Uh, so then we came here, we spent the holidays with my grandparents and then my grandpa is like, would you like to stay? Would you like to study here? Yeah. And it kind of was like the perfect opportunity because it was like, I am not happy where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, this actually might be a good thing. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and, and did it and I just stayed. Um, and the lucky thing is that for Chileans, um, when we have a tourist visa, which is a B2, we don't have to apply for a tourist visa um, because I don't know what's what's the deal that they have between the United States and Chile, but the thing is that we have like free it's easier access. It's easier access. Wow. It's a lot of easier access. Um, so then I just stayed, and you can stay up to six months with a tourist visa. Okay. So I just stayed, and then I started doing all my student visa stuff. Okay. Um, so the first thing that you do, you get in touch with a college that you want to go to. And from there, you get an advisor, and that advisor is going to walk you through everything yeah. you have to do. Um, but it's a lot of paperwork. Um, for me, it was about a three-month process to get the visa approved. Wow. Um, I had to go back to Chile in that time um, just because I needed to have an interview, and it was an in-person interview. So I had to go back to Chile. I had my interview. Everything went great. And then three months later, I got my answer. I wow. got the visa approved. And once you do that, you start going to college. Um but yeah, it was definitely a lot of paperwork. Um, and it's, it's just very stressful because you have yeah. to pay a lot of fees. And the thing is, you don't know what they're going to say to you. So all that money... All that money could just go to waste if you don't get anything approved. Luckily, I did get everything approved. Um, but yeah, for other people, it's, it just doesn't work out. Wow. Do you mind if I ask how much that costs just for like a student... Or... I actually don't remember the exact amount, mm-hmm. but I think it was somewhere around 400 bucks. Over 400? Somewhere around there. I, I, I really don't remember. It was a while ago. Um, but for example, for my work permit, yeah. um, I had to pay 420, I think it was. Okay. So then after you get your work visa, how did you it get... It was a student visa. A stu- so you get your student mm-hmm. visa. There you go. It's an F2. How do you get a work visa? Um, so the thing is, um, if you want if you want to work, um, so the thing is with with a student visa, the government doesn't expect you to want to work. That's yeah. the first thing, yeah. um, because people that come to study here usually have the money to study, and <laughs> yeah. and you know they're pretty much rich people and they can afford it. It's not my case. Um, I'm middle class. Uh, I've worked hard for everything I have, and every and my my parents as well. Um, so it doesn't came as easy to me. So I obviously needed a job to stay afloat. Um, so to work in campus, you actually don't need a work permit. Um, so that's the first thing I did because when I started studying was 2019, it was summer of 2019 and I got a job on campus on the office of student life as a graphic designer. Mm -hmm. Um, so I did that up till COVID hit. Um, when COVID hit, um, campus closed and there weren't as many job opportunities anymore, so I lost a job. And then because I lost a job, I was like, I really need a job. I can't just not do anything. 
Um, so I had to apply for a permit outside of campus. Um, that was about $420, I think it was. And it's called OPT, which stands for Optional Practical Training. Okay. Um, so this job uh, opportunity, it's it, it entails that in the job that you get has to be related to your studies. Um, so obviously I love animals. Um, <laughs> that's my major. Hello. Um, <laughs> I want to be a veterinarian. Um, so I was like, I would love to get a job at a, at a clinic, at a vet clinic. Um, so here, <laughs> something that is very different from my country, um, they have something called a veterinary assistant um, that doesn't exist in my country okay. at is all. There, is it only doctors? Is it only doctors and veter- veterinary technicians? Okay. Um but the approach is very different. Like the, the things that people have to do over there are very different to what the things that they have to do here. Here, it's a lot more like um, structured, I would say. Okay. Um, over there, it's like a lot of improvisation. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, um, I applied for the job. Um, and yeah, and I got it approved. Um, so you can do this uh, part-time while you're in school. You can work up to 20 hours per week. Mm-hmm. And then when you're out of school, which is what happened to me when I graduated last year, I could take job full-time job. Mm-hmm. Um, so after that, that's what I did. That's yeah. why I left the other clinic, because the clinic that I was before, I was only part-time, and they couldn't give me a full-time position, yeah. which is why I was looking for a, a full-time yeah, position. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did that, and, and then I had, I had to reapply when I did it full-time, because yeah. you have to apply every time. Oh, God. Is that more money? Yeah, that was another 400. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Because if you want to make a living, you, you, you have to pay the government to allow you to do so. Um, but yeah. Okay. So, so then that goes and kind of puts us to the meeting point where I meet you at work. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then next thing that I knew is that you that you mentioned that your your work visa was expiring and yeah. and the company wouldn't um sponsor it or whatever and i guess i again i don't know what that means mm-hmm. why that would happen or anything like that um, yeah so um i knew whatever that you're comfortable sharing no yeah for sure um i i've always known that it's a long shot um to ask a job to sponsor you. So basically what this entails is that these people will start doing all the paperwork for you to become a resident. And they are pretty much your sponsor. They're saying this person is valuable to us. We're going to pay for them to stay here and, and be a resident. Um, so that's what I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but sadly, it wasn't possible. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much what it means. Um but yeah, my, my work permit expired recently on February 23rd. Um, there was a lot of emotions, definitely. Um, I, I'm still struggling with it just because when you love your job so much, um, it really it really hits you when, yeah. when you lose something that you love so much. I, I love animals. I love my job. And I love the people I work with, too. Um, and I really miss them. I miss you guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I miss you all. Um so yeah, it's it's been it's been really hard right now. Okay. Um, so what are you doing to kind of keep up your um, keep keep busy? And then like, what are what are the plans that you have? If you have any plans? Set oh yeah, I, I I definitely do. I actually 
I'm, I got accepted into WSU for the animal sciences program, oh, uh, which is why I went to visit for the first time this past weekend. Um, it went pretty, pretty great. Um, Pullman. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went over there. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a six hour drive. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty far away, but it's still Washington, hey? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, I went over there, and it's pretty great, all the opportunities that yeah. they have. Um. And and I know that as, as long as you work for what you want and you look for the professors and you tell them, hey, I'm here to become someone, yeah. like, they definitely give you all the help. Like, there's a lot of opportunities for research, um, to volunteer, um, there's they have lots of animals on campus. They have horses, they have cows, they have pigs, yeah. they have sheep, uh, they have deer. They even have a raptor club, which I am dying to be part of. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, oh, um, wow. yeah. So I was working with you know Dogil. Yeah. She's the exotic, the avian and exotic veterinarian. Yeah. Um, that's what I want to do too. So okay. as soon as they they told me they had a raptor club, I I lost it. I was like, oh wow, Ooh. yeah, that's exciting. Um, that is very very exciting. Um, so yeah, I got accepted um for fall term. Um, I also have another university that is like also another option, which is Oregon State. Um, either way, those are both. Yeah, they both have great veterinary programs, yeah. um, so I'm very excited for that. And they both have animal science too, so it was it would be basically the same path. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to go to Oregon State um, to visit. Um, somewhere in the following weeks, I'm gonna go, and then I'll make a decision. That's exciting. <laughs> okay, so yeah. that's, so your future holds for you. So pretty much, you're gonna be staying here. And um, going towards yeah school. um yeah I'm I'm also gonna take a few classes at Pierce College which is, which is where I graduated from uh-huh. um just because <laughs> because I I lost my work permit um and there's a gap between February and August which is with when fall term starts yeah. um they wanted me to go back to Chile um because according because according to the government um my student visa entails you have to be either studying or working to stay here. Okay. Um, so because I lost my work permit and I'm not currently studying, they wanted me to go back. Um, so yeah, that's why I, I looked on peers and I also looked at some of the prerequisites that I was missing for for full yeah. term. I'm like, I'm just going to take a few classes. Um, it'll help me with the credits. It'll help me to stay here. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to do it. So yeah. Oh, wow. I'm kind of mind blown as to how the process was for you and the visa and working and mm-hmm. because it always seems so difficult um growing up and I don't know it's if it's because of racism or something because Mexico's right by the border mm-hmm. because I've I've never I've always heard stories of it being being difficult yeah. and stuff so it kind of was blowing my mind and I'm, I'm like, I'm really happy for you. And I really like wish that was the that situation. The yeah, because sure. that's, oh my God, like I have so many thoughts about that. <laughs> but that's really exciting. Um, oh, actually that's, I missed something. Uh-huh. When did you start learning English? That was something that I'm oh my curious. God. Oh my God. I was very little. I was probably about. 10 years old or so okay like when i started like practicing it more um you said you like the language i like the language that's the thing and that comes um 
that that comes from my music background. Um, because my family, it's a it's we're a musical family. Come on, let's be real here. Um, so I started singing when I was around nine or ten. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and then, of course, a lot of the things I would like to sing would be in English. Um, so that's how I started learning the language more. That's how I started practicing it more because I liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it, and I and I like to be able to know what I was singing about. Yeah. So yeah. And so this is blowing my mind. I think I realize why is because I grew up here. I ha- went through the process of growing up here as a kid, mm-hmm. and you did not. So I. Mm-hmm. That's why I, I. You have. It's seeming like oh, you have more of a positive mm-hmm. kind of perspective and, and mindset mm-hmm. on it than than I do. And the <laughs> fact that you like speaking English. Yeah. Okay. Pues yo últimamente he estado tratando de mejorar el español porque uh-huh. noté cómo sueno. sueno. Ay, no. <laughs> noté que tengo más más una <laughs> tengo, puedes, puedes. yo puedo yo lo puedo uh, sí se puede um, tengo un acento uh-huh. y siempre he tenido acento pero cuando me escuché dije se me se me hizo peor pero es que eso es lo que pasa Ay, ya, ya sé, pero no me gusta Y luego me di cuenta que la razón que también quiero hablar El español uh-huh. No me gusta en inglés, no quiero hablar en inglés El, el español oh. es bien bonito Well, yeah, it's it's a very like kind of like it's romantic, a romance language. exactly. Yeah, that. it's a romance language. And and yeah, it comes from Latin. I guess, that's, <laughs> I guess that's the biggest thing. Again, it's like you you grew up speaking Spanish. You like you want you like English. Mm-hmm. I grew up bilingual. Lost some of my Spanish, and I'm starting to kind of feel like reclaiming it. And uh-huh. again, this is so fascinating to me with different perspectives and lifestyles, uh-huh. but like the similarities at the same time, mm-hmm. like the, the, the culture being around family, like family is such a big thing and excuse oh, yeah. party and, you know, get together and everything. So that's me is like interesting. Ha, I wrote here. It's such a blah language. <laughs> oh, apparently I got, that's a personal opinion. Okay. <laughs> For sure. Um, <laughs> well, I, so we kind of already talked about what brought you to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And you never really thought about moving here until it kind of it was like presented to you. Exactly, exactly. Um, um, I always knew yeah. I would at some point just because it was a dream of mine yeah. to study abroad. But I always thought that it would be like when I was older, yeah, like when I was already like out of university and all of that. So I never thought it would be in the way it, yeah, it yeah. went. Okay. Yeah. What were some culture shocks for you? Ooh, okay, yeah. cultural shocks. Okay, um, um, people um don't see friendship the same way I do. That's kind of like the first thing that kind of shocked me. Um, yeah. Um, so we we are close. We are warm Maybe people. Like- we are. We like to hug. We like to get together. You want to stay over? Stay over. You have my couch. We're like that. <laughs> so yeah. it's like when I got here and I started making friends, it was it was kind of a struggle because I expected more. Yeah. I expected more from Americans and it didn't go that way. Okay. Um, so it was kind of disappointment um, a little bit. Um, but yeah, I kind of... I kind of stuck with one of my friends. Um, I, I met her at Pierce College and we're still friends. She's yeah. the only one I'm still in touch with. Yeah. And... I appreciate her so much. Taylor, I love you. Um, um, but yeah, she's like the only one that actually stuck and that actually we still get together and everything. Yeah. Um, but all the other people, 
they shine for their absence. <laughs> Again, I think that just goes to show the different cultures and stuff. I mm-hmm. think it's not as big of a shock to me because you've been here longer. I've yeah. been here longer. Um, I did notice that when I was living in Idaho. So I had gone over to a friend's house and whenever someone comes over to to my house, you know, growing up to my parents' house, quieres agua, quieres algo tomar, quieres algo de comer. If all we have is an apple and water, I'm going to offer you that apple and water kind of thing like that. You're you literally, or not literally, but like su casa es mi casa. Mi casa su casa. And so I noticed like when I had got to my friend's house, I felt weird. I was like, you're not going to offer me water? It's like, it's late. Do you want to like, are you not hungry? Do you want a little snack? Do you wanna... And no, it was just they... really weird. And... I just realized that it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just, they're just very individualistic. And that's very, very shocking because they don't think of their family as a whole. They don't think of their friends as a whole. So it's like, eh, okay. Yeah. Okay. You do you. (laughs) I do me. (laughs) So yeah, it's, that that was kind of shocking. Um, I was definitely expecting more. Okay, so going from friendships, how has dating been? Like the oh. differences. <laughs> we're gonna go that way, girl. Oh, you... we're going there. I have God. to talk about this because I mean, you already mentioned how different it is with friendships. <laughs> dating. It, it's a joke, girl. It's, it's a, a no. it's a joke. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a joke. Um, so obviously, I mean, it's hard meeting people here. Um, it's not like you just go to the supermarket and you're going to see the same people every day. Even if you went every day there, you're not going to see the same people yeah. every time. Um, so it's very hard to actually get to know someone. So here we go. I'm still in college. COVID still hasn't hit, so I'm still going in person. And all of my friends are like, girl, you need to get a dating profile. You need to get a dating profile. And I'm like, I don't want to. That seems so desperate. I don't I don't want to come come off like that way. Yeah. Like, like I need a fucking man. No, I don't need anyone. <laughs> I don't need a man. I really don't. Um, but yeah, they're like, just just make a dating profile. So they ended up making a dating profile for me. Oh so <laughs> yeah. So I started chatting with people. Um so <laughs> The first guy I met, mm-hmm. he was he was Russian. He was really cool, like literally cold. Like he would not open up about anything, and like he would only want to hang out. And he's like, "Let's go for a drive, okay? Let's go for a drive, yay!" <laughs> so it's like I don't know. Like it was so so weird to me that someone wanted to spend time with you, but at the same time don't be open about themselves so yeah that was kind of a shock Uh, so that was one of the guys um but then like americans per se they're like oh my god like fret boys like (laughs) like like i don't get it like they just like go and throw a stupid pickup line and they think that that's all that's all their effort and it's like you really think you're gonna go anywhere with that line you really think you're gonna achieve something like that's the thing. They do, but not with me, girl. <laughs> not with me. <laughs> but that's what, what usually works for them, and that's what they go with. Yeah. So it's like, for me, it's like, I'm looking for something different. Like, I'm looking for someone that actually wants to spend time with me, that actually cares about getting to know me, that wants to know about my culture, 
etc., etc. Yeah. I don't want some fat boy to just, hey, you want to go get a beer? Like, no. No, I'd rather do something else. <laughs> did you ever date in, in Chile? And, like, Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did date over there, but it was very different. Because yeah. over there, everyone knows everyone. So it's like, hey, here, meet this guy. Hey, this is Connie. This is this guy. Yeah. Get to know each other. So it's like very, very different scenario. And yeah. Yeah. That kind of makes me think of what you said earlier about the, the gatherings and the groups and stuff like that. It's mm -hmm. easier to meet people through family, a family, a family. Uh-huh. A friend of a friend. Yeah, because you're always hanging out together. There's always uh -huh. people coming in. So many parties, events that eventually you're going to meet the same person twice. Exactly. exactly. Versus here, as you said. Or even in the street. In the street. In the street, yeah. Like, it's very um ind individualistic, as you said. And so the... The gatherings, the families, they're a lot smaller, and mm -hmm. it's not, yes, <laughs> what you, yes. Whatever, whatever you said, <laughs> yes. Um, alrighty, um, and visiting home, you've already mentioned that mm -hmm. you've gone and your family oh, yeah. is visiting. Yeah. Um, now that you kind of told me about, like, visiting and stuff like that, I was wondering, like, oh, is it hard to visit or hard, like, not? And so it's making, it's seeming like it's easy for you to, easier um, for you to visit home. I mean, easier on the way that you can just get a ticket and go, yes. But it's it's a lot emotionally. Um, just because every time I go, I go for like about a month. I yeah. can't go for longer because I'm in school or I have other stuff to do, etc. Um, so try to com compliment ah words. English words. English words. Uh compart Oh my God. We can do Compart this morning. Compartmentalize. Compartmentalize. That, my time, it's very hard when I'm there because I want to make time for my family, but I also want to make time for my friends. Yeah. Because I still have my friends from over there. Yeah. So it's like I obviously want to hang out with them. But yeah, so that's kind of like the hard part. Um, but the good thing is that my parents are very open-minded yeah. they've always allowed me to bring my friends home they've always allowed my friends to stay home like yeah. if we're like late and we're having a party or we're just hanging out yeah. they can stay in the couch it's never been a problem so i know that if i want to invite my friends over they can come over so yeah it's yeah so yeah that's that's kind of like obviously a plus so one thing i, uh, I also want to touch base with is 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 racism in america mm -hmm. i am very white passing so i did not experience any of it i that makes I two heard, of us you didn't experience any i feel like i mean if you did i don't know i don't know why i worded that question. i haven't <laughs> experienced that as much because i look white you and you don't but you do exactly like i look different but I don't look Latina for most people because people expect Latinas to look, I don't know, like darker skin. And I, I'm very, why you look at me? I look like a fucking cloud. Like uh, uh, <laughs> You're a cloud. I'm invisible. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, uh, um, but yeah, I experienced that only um, with my accent. Mm. Uh, people would be rude at me um, because of my accent or because they don't understand what I'm saying. 
And it's you're, like, oh, clearly, I don't know. I guess for some people, it's kind of dif- difficult. I don't know. I don't know. So people have been rude to me because of my accent, because they don't understand what I say. How do you <laughs> how do you deal with that, honestly? Because uh, I can't imagine going through that and just letting it go. Like, it has to eventually get to you at some point. Or how do, how do you deal with that? How do you manage to um, move past that? It doesn't happen often. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't really create a big impact on me. Um, there was one time um, at the other clinic that I used to work at before. Uh, this lady in the parking lot, she was yelling something at me. I was grabbing a pet, so I wasn't really paying attention yeah. to her. Um, so I told her, like, I will be back with you. Like, give me a moment. I'm, I'm bringing a pet inside the clinic. Um, and then this lady went and complained about me, um, to my manager. Um, she said that I was being rude to her and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, that was definitely not it, but okay. So then I got called out for nothing. So that was just very, very frustrating because I was helping that person. I I went out afterwards and I'm like, how can I help you? Like I was busy. Um, but yeah, then she went and she said something to me in Spanish, like trying to be cool. And I'm like, okay. Oh. And then I, I just turned around and I was like, okay, I'm just not going to deal with this. I'm, I'm just going to ignore it. Interesting. Okay. Because she thought she was being funny. She wasn't, so she didn't speak Spanish, but was trying to speak to you in Spanish? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> You're too nice. I would have. <laughs> no, I just turned around. I, I was just like, I, I have things to do. I have other important things to do other than deal with this That's lady. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just kind of sad because you see how it is for other people that they just think that you're less than them because you speak because your first language is other which is uh, uh, lady i'm bilingual you're not yes. <laughs> oh my god have you ever seen um the it's uh, sofia vergara it was from modern family i think it was an episode oh my god i love modern family <laughs> sofia vergara I, i've actually never seen it but anyways um, oh my god go <laughs> it was like um I'm very smart in Spanish just because mm-hmm. something about the lines of like, just because I can't say it in English doesn't mean blah, blah, blah. It's like, I'm very smart in Spanish. And that to me rings with me. Like people don't realize that like people just see you or hear you and they think one thing mm-hmm. and then they automatically assume that because you're struggling with this or you sound like that, that you're obviously not going to be smart enough or whatever. And like, yeah, people underestimate you a lot. I, I guess it's nice because then you can prove them wrong. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that feeling, you know. I, I really do. Um, but, yeah, I experienced that in while I was in college. Like, I, I've always been a smart kid. Let's, let's be real. I love studying. I'm a, I'm a biology nerd. Um, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, I'm a nerd. Let's be real here. I'm a nerd. Um, so, yeah, I, I've always been the girl that asks a lot of questions in class that, doesn't care yeah. <laughs> if other people don't want to ask questions. I'm always gonna ask the question. Yeah. 
if I don't know something, it's like, I'm not going to stay with the question. That's what yeah. dumb people do. <laughs> that's, that's what my dad always told me. You have a question? Raise your hand. Yeah. Like, that's how you find I out. Like your oh, I love my parents. <laughs> I really love them. Oh, that is um, great. But yeah, so I've, I've never been scared of speaking up. I've never been scared of raising my hand and asking a question. Um, so yeah, I experienced that in college. It was like, I would be in the top of my class. Yeah. And like, and I was just starting to study here yeah. and like in another language. So I was like, okay. That's okay. It, yeah, but it wasn't as hard as I thought it was going to be. So I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. I can do this. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I think about studying in Spanish and not to, to study like the medical terminology mm-hmm. in Spanish. I'm, that to me. A lot of words sound the same, you know? Yeah, I guess. What's the word? Um. I just stutter and trip over my words so much in Spanish uh-huh. that it's just intimidating to me. So anyone who is bilingual and learning, uh, uh, getting their degree in their non-native language, you're smart. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> next topic of conversation. Um, I wanted to talk about mental illness because with a lot of like Latinos, mental illness is either not talked about or it's brushed under the rug it's not really discussed as often so um your parents seem pretty cool and open but is this Mm -hmm. something that was ever discussed within your family oh yeah um it definitely was um it was it was just hard for me um I'm, i'm a person that's very much a perfectionist i don't like admitting that i'm wrong or or that I'm going through something, yeah. uh, I would try to hide it. And yeah. that was that's how it was growing up as a teenager. It was very, very hard because I was struggling. Yeah. But instead of letting my parents know that I was struggling, I would just fight them for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was just very, very hard because they wanted to help me, but I didn't want any help. Okay. So your parents were pretty open about mental health and mm-hmm. like and like seeking treatment and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, they were. Okay, wow, that's really that's really great. I like your parents a lot. How did you come with getting diagnosed? Because um, the person I had interviewed previously, I had said something where um, myself as well. Like my family isn't super hush hush about it. Mm-hmm. it. They're not. We're not going to talk about it, but they mm-hmm. they are like, oh yeah. They're going through their thing. Like my dad would say, "It's like, oh, como, como andas de tu, de tu problema." It's very sincere, okay. like genuine. Like, how are you? How are you doing? Yeah, like you know? gently caring. Gently caring, but the way that he phrases it, it you know, it, it, that's kind of how it is. Like he, I have very, very fortunate that I had supportive family members when it comes to that. Um, it, I was kind of in a similar situation where I was very closed off, mm-hmm. but then my parents. Um, I was a very quiet child kept to myself. So my parents are always kind of like left me be because that's how I was. And so um, I have like family members who weren't as lucky. I have a cousin whose parents um, were not as understanding. They were like, what do you mean you're feeling sad? Just get up and go do something. You're being lazy. You know, it's it was that unfortunate kind of response for them. And so um, like, where am I going with this? Um, so for the mental illness, like I had to seek out a diagnosis myself, like my parents wanted help, but they didn't, um, automatically like think about doctors and psychiatrists as like a, as a, the next step versus Mm -hmm. like, 
hey, uh, I don't know, something not like that. Uh-huh. And so, God, I'm like I'm all over the place. I feel like I'm all over the place. Um, so we had to seek out that treatment. Like mm-hmm. me and the person I previously interviewed, we had to make the effort to seek out mental health help. Mm-hmm. And um, that stuck with her because she didn't kind of realize that, holy shit, I had to do that. Because throughout my life, I've had to, oh, I think I'm going through this. I sought out help for that. Or I think mm-hmm. this is a new problem. I reached out for that. And so I guess, how did you come to getting diagnosed? And if you had any stigmas that you mm-hmm. had to fight through and, you know, you mentioned perfectionism. So like, I guess, how was your journey in in being Latina and having mental illness and then just moving, living life like that forward? Yeah. If that makes sense. I feel like it, no, no, I it, a question. It, 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 it does make sense. Um, Again, whatever you're comfortable sharing. <laughs> of course. Um, so um, when I when I got out of high school, um, I always thought that I wanted to be a biochemist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what my, my dad is. Mm-hmm. I've always looked up to my dad like he's a god. Like yeah. he's everything to me. I love him so much. Um, and I've always admired him as a person, um, as a professional I've always looked up to him. Um, So I always thought that that's what I wanted to do. I love science. I love research. I thought that that's where my path Mm -hmm. was going to go. Um, So I got in the university and I started studying biochemistry. Mm -hmm. And while I was doing that, I realized um, because I started rescuing animals, exotic animals, um, I've always loved animals. But I never thought that I could be a veterinarian just because I'm sensitive, and I thought that was not the job for me. I thought, no, there's no way I can deal with the death of an animal. There's no way I can stay, like, sane while treating an animal. There's no way that's for me. So it never even came from my mind or anything. it, It never really did until I started rescuing. So while I was studying biochemistry, at the same time I was rescuing, I realized I am really passionate about this. Um, this really makes me happy. I can deal with this. Like, I lost many animals because they would get to us, like, in really bad conditions, you know, emaciated, um, et cetera, et cetera. Many animals are abandoned in the yeah. streets of Chile. I would get hamsters from the street, hedgehogs from the street, bunnies from the street, turtles we get chinchillas, but not from the street. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, like all sorts of different exotic animals just because people don't have the education they need when they get an animal. It's so easy to just go to the pet store and get one. Yeah. That, and then it's so easy to just get rid of it. Yeah. There's no education, no responsibility at all. Mm-hmm. And no one teaches the kids either um it's like there's still this thing in chile where parents just think that it's cute to get a bunny for easter america too Uh, yeah true and they give it to the kid and it's like here deal with the bunny and it turns out that it's not like people think that the little the animal is the little that you have to take care of it it really doesn't go that way exotics are much less dependent on you like much more sorry much more dependent on you um, so obviously the kid would get bored or whatever, and then boom, bunnies in the street. And the thing is, bunnies reproduce <laughs> a lot <laughs> and yeah. and really fast. Yeah. Like 
the mother gives birth to what 10 bunnies not less than that never less than 10 bunnies <laughs> and at the week she's already ovulating again so she can get pregnant again so it's like uh. quick question there's an animal that once it gets once it gives birth it can get pregnant right away afterwards i can't remember what animal it is but it's an exotics uh, i think it could be rats or mice i feel like it's a rodent yeah it could be rats or mice i don't, I don't that, really that remember, blew my mind but, when i found that yeah, out I was the, like, but yeah yeah they're, they're fertile pretty much right away yeah um all right back um, on track back on track um so yeah, like, uh, what was I going with this? <laughs> Basically, your path into kind of uh, oh mental illness and how true, 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 true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then having having to kind of challenge myself um, to the point of like, am I having a vocational crisis? Am I am I changing my path? Am I really doing this to my dad? Like, because I would. I knew that I was going to disappoint him and that was kind of like what would hurt me the most because I would never I would never want to hurt my dad mm-hmm. with my decisions. I've always wanted that him to be proud of mm-hmm. me. Um so it was really really hard for me to come to that decision and to realize that that I was going to break his heart. Um it was really really hard for me um to come to that decision. Sorry, break his heart by by changing my major. That would really affect him. Or you felt like it would affect him? Yes, okay. yes. It, it it felt to me like it was going to break him. Okay, I understand. Um, so, yeah, it wasn't, I mean, in the moment, it, it really, it, it, he he just got really quiet. Um, like, we, like, kind of stopped talking. Really? Um, yeah, for a little bit. Um, he just got really, really, like, into himself. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like he maybe didn't want to say the wrong thing to me. But I just I just felt very guilty and very like confused about everything. Um, but yeah, I, I dropped out of biochemistry and then the next year I got into vet school. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is, vet schools in Chile are are not many. Mm-hmm. Um, besides that, they're not stable. Um, so there's one stable one that is in Santiago. Mm-hmm. I've never wanted to live in Santiago. In my life, imagine Santiago as LA. Oh, smug, smug. It's a hole full of people. No, 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 No. (laughs) definitely not. I've never want. I never wanted to live Santiago, so that was never an option. Yeah. And then the other option was to go to a state university called Universidad Austral, which is in the south of Chile. Mm -hmm. And so that was the other option. But again, my mom didn't want me to leave the house. So (laughs) yeah, my mom was very, very apprehensive with me um so it was like okay that's not an option either so then the only option i had left was going to the university that was in the same region as mine yeah but it's a private institution okay so i had to ask for a loan and you know that kind of went that way so then i studied there but then before that we were going to the mental illness issue um i seeked help um with a psychologist um, when I was going through all of that, it it wasn't a good experience yeah. for me. Um, I feel like it happens a lot. It's just not the right fit. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this kind of, like, led to a lot of issues with my family just because I was trying to do the work. I was trying to get better. But then again, I felt like this person didn't get me. Okay. 
So it got into a lot of conflict and conflict with my family and my parents. And also, I didn't want this to be a negative impact on my little brother. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was very, very hard for me um, to try to like deal with this and like, yeah. It was hard, um, but that's also what led me to the decision of studying here and mm-hmm. staying in the United States is because I was struggling with mental illness. I was struggling um, with the place I was studying at. Uh, there were a lot of people that had bad intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, like one girl, um, <laughs> this was really, really crazy, but I was volunteering at the hospital in there. There was a veterinary hospital at the university. Yeah. So I was volunteering there a lot. I was spending a lot of time with the doctors and everything because I wanted to learn. That's the only reason Yeah, I wanted to learn. So then this person, because obviously envy is a big thing, yeah. um, sadly, <laughs> this person um, started a rumor that I was seeing my professor. Oh, no. Which is definitely not true. The thing is that this came to his ears first than mine. So then he asked me for a meeting with him and he was like are you saying that we're together and I'm like excuse me and at that moment I was seeing someone out of yeah. out of university and because I didn't have any friends at the university because I had a really bad relationship with these girls in my class yeah. no one knew that I was seeing someone so I'm like are you kidding me I'm even seeing someone why why would I why would I say that so then he's like in a really bad position because obviously he's a professor and yeah. people are saying that we're together and that's obviously wrong. Yeah. So then I stopped volunteering there because it wasn't seen badly. <laughs> and oh yeah, it was just a lot of, a lot of things that I, I definitely didn't want to deal with. Um, and that were making me feel bad. Yeah. Um, like all I wanted was to just get better, yeah. to just gain experience. Yeah. That, that was all I wanted. Oh but yeah, um, so yeah, that was kind of like um, when I touched like rock bottom, you yeah. can say, um, because I just felt so lonely. Yeah. Did seeing that you didn't have any friends at that school, I, I mean, you felt alone. Yeah. And being a perfectionist, and how were the stigmas for you? Like, oh god, because that's like. I, that's just I, I, I just keep thinking about the stigmas right now because mm-hmm. of like the position that you were in like how yeah. was that with you and, and having to deal with all those stigmas um mm-hmm. that society had that you had about your yeah. like, about it yourself and uh-huh. so people often think that because you're somewhat pretty you're dumb yeah that's a thing um so people would often underestimate me when it came to grades and it turns out that I'm smart so I would, I would, I would obviously stand out because of my grades. But then again, I was also the girl that other girls would envy for a lot of other reasons. So yeah, I was always kind of like even even in high school, I was bullied in high school. Yeah. For girls bullied me, not boys, girls. So it's like a girl. It it was very hard. It was very hard, and also come. <laughs> come to like realize oh I'm being bullied like I didn't realize for years many many years growing up that I was being bullied and that like what they were doing to me was affecting me yeah because I I just wanted to fit in yeah that's all I wanted I just wanted to fit in 
so yeah it, it was never easy growing up um like trying to balance all of these things trying to be like trying to find my personality yeah because i i didn't even felt comfortable to be myself because i didn't know who i was yeah. yet i was in the process of figuring it out and I had to change schools in high school and everything because I just couldn't deal with the bullying anymore um so yeah it was it was it was a lot growing up and then again it happened the same thing in the university so I was just like I'm just done I'm just very very done with these people I'm very done with everything so I was like that's the point I was at when I decided to stay here in the United States because I was just so tired of everything yeah yeah um with with medications um if you want to answer are you like do you take medications have you ever taken medications i have never um taken antidepressants um i'm still debating on whether i need them or not um but it's something i'm scared of trying um because i know it's a it's a trial and error thing like what works for someone it's possibly not gonna work for you yeah like you never know and you have to go through many antidepressants until you find the one that actually works out for you so i've never done it um but i don't know if i could potentially need some i maybe do but yeah is is there anything else about like um just mental health in general depression anxiety and all Mm -hmm. those things that um make it hard for you to kind of talk about or open up about do you ever get scared about mentioning one thing or another like just saying hey I have depression has that ever like scared you to say out loud oh yeah definitely I I it's still it's still hard for me to assume that <laughs> to, to do that okay. yeah 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 it's it's definitely hard um because as I said before I'm I don't like assuming that something's wrong with me or that I'm going through something I'm always gonna try to Put a smile on my face and kind yeah. of like everything's fine. Yeah. Everything's fine. Do you ever feel like it maybe um, having like knowing that this is what's going on with your life, this is the reason? Does it ever help you with reducing like your perfectionism? Because that for me, when I find out that I have this or that, I'm like it makes me feel better. Like when I found out I had ADHD, the amount of anxiety that went down, tremendous, tremendous, because I was no longer as hard on myself because I knew that my brain literally was causing me to not to be able to do this or that. So it's like, it wasn't fully my fault. So that helped me like, so that's like, for me, I, I I want to know, I want to know what's wrong with me Mm -hmm. so that I can not be as a perfectionist. So I can give myself a break. So I don't know. That's, do you ever feel like that? Do you feel? I don't allow myself to take a break. That's my issue. (laughs) I don't, (laughs) I I don't know how Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still struggling with that, definitely. Yeah. Um, just because I'm, I'm always working hard um, for whatever reason, um, either school or just in my personal life, like mm-hmm. trying to be the best version of myself. That's kind of like something that I'm, I'm hard on myself. Yeah. I've always been since I'm little. It's yeah. just the way I am. Um, and I know I shouldn't be as much, um, but I've always had this feeling of that, I am not do- I'm not doing enough when maybe I'm doing a lot more than other people are mm-hmm. but for me it's like I could always be doing more it's like someone can fail a test and it's okay it doesn't mean anything it's okay you're going to be fine but if you get slightly less than what you were expected or wanted 
you're like, I'm the worst person in the world. How could I fail yes. this? Blah, blah, blah. Like, yep. no, I, think, I think that's called imposter syndrome. <laughs> I think. Because I used to be very hard on myself. And I'm still hard on myself. But I allow myself some breaks because uh, it, it just it relieves some stress. And I've been a very stressed person mm-hmm. for my entire life. I can so, understand that. <laughs> I, so any opportunity that I get to not feel stressed out mm-hmm. to give myself a break I take it because I I, that. I can't like I cannot keep going like like go 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 without crashing at some point and so for me I'm like mm-hmm. I can keep going but I need to give myself these little breaks and I I feel like I used to have your mentality yeah and and I'm not saying it's like a bad thing or anything like that no it I was stressful and it's it wasn't, I mean, you're, you're, like, still smiling through all of this. So I'm just, like, <laughs> and, like, it's, what were you saying? I'm, like, holy shit, you went through, like, this and that. But you're smiling mm-hmm. still through it. I'm, like, I wouldn't be crying by now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, It's just that I've, I've always set high goals for myself. It's, like, if I want to achieve that, I have to work for it. Yeah. And I just feel like in my situation that it's being a non-resident, everything, it's harder for me. Mm. Everything. That's a good point. Absolutely everything. So it's like I can't allow myself to take a break from this because in any break I take, I can be out. <laughs> I didn't like, think of that. that that's, that's kind of like how it is for me. It's just this constant pressure Yeah. Um, of like – if I let my guard down, I can be out of here. Like I ha- I have to get scholarships for for example. It's yeah. it's just something I have to do, which is obviously I care about having a good GPA, but the GPA I have, it's also because having more than a 3.5 opens you doors. Yeah. It's like you can apply for a lot of more help. And for me that I'm a non-resident, I can't affi- uh, apply to federal help. So I can't, I can't, I can't get FAFSA. I can't get WAFSA. I can't get any of that. Yeah. I can't get loans either. So it's like scholarships are your only answer. Scholarships are my only oh answer, my God. <laughs> and that's what I've been doing up till now. And that's how, yeah. My American privilege is showing right now. In my oh face. yeah, girl. Yeah, it's showing. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I just. I just don't allow myself to take a break. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I kind of don't know what to say. I'm like absorbing this and wow, I'm in awe of like your strength, your willpower and your like fortitude that you got. That's one thing that I uh, I cannot fathom. It's like when I think about my dad at 17 years old coming over to the States mm-hmm. from Mexico, like that's a journey. Yeah, and, that's what my grandpa and your grandparents mm-hmm. came from all the way, almost close to Antarctica, <laughs> coming up here. Yeah, they did, and so like I cannot fathom the, I cannot fathom that, and I'm just like, wow, I'm in awe. Yeah. My mind's blown. I'm just like, I, I commend you. you. That's not that's not easy. Like again, you're smiling, oh. so like I, <laughs> so I'm like I, I feel like it's, I feel like well, I know because. Yeah, not worse, but there's a lot going on in there that I'm like, you're strong. You are 
Thank you. Know, you. Bad beach. <laughs> Thank you. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. It's just well, it's 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 been like that. Um, so I just I'm I'm built up that way, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's that's what I've had to deal with, and that's why I'm the way I am. Yeah. Well, damn. I'd like to thank your parents for creating such an open environment with you because I think yeah. they really, really need you. Oh, yeah. I, I would not be where I am without them. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. I think that's the end of my, my thingy. Are there anything else that you would like to mention about um, um, Chile? I have like a couple little facts that I'm going to go through. Empanadas. Empanadas are from Chile? I mean, not only from Chile, but we make great empanadas. I went, um, they I have different go- flavors. Um, so empanadas, you can just put whatever you want in yeah, them, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, but there's a clam in Chile that's called matcha. Yeah. Oh, my God, it's the best thing in the world. So empanadas, matcha queso, matcha, queso. matcha and cheese. <sighs> it's the best thing you've ever going to try. Oh, I love them with I my life. Yes. Yes, I, I actually really saw some photos. I didn't know Patagonia. That's one of the things. Patagonia. Patagonia, yeah. I had no idea that it was a like location place and it's in Chile. Oh, I yeah. No yeah. Oh, it's pictures. between Chile and Argentina. The Patagonia is freaking huge. It's beautiful. Yes. Holy shit. Yeah. Torres del Paine, which is in Chile, it's the octave. Octave? Am I saying it right? Octava. Eighth? Eighth. Eighth. Oh, my God. I'm inventing words. Sorry. That's <laughs> okay. a part of... What? Hey, yeah, inventing I, words. It's it's part of our thing. Um, it's in Spanish all, all the time. Yeah, <laughs> it, oh, yeah, also in Spanish. Um, yeah, it's the eighth marvel of the world. Torres del Paine. Wow, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Um. All right. I, one little fact. I was wondering. That was what I was just looking up. I was like, oh, let me put a little, little information like uh-huh. that. Um, one dollar is eight hundred and thirteen Chilean pesos. Yes. That kind of blows my mind because like one dollar, in 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 uh, in Mexico is about twenty pesos. Okay. No, twenty pesos. Yeah, it's about twenty, twenty pesos. Okay. And I understand what twenty pesos can get me in Mexico. Uh huh. And so eight hundred and thirteen pesos just kind of blows my mind. Like how much like for a drink like this would cost over there? Because mm, this is like like dos mil pesos. I think it's just because the number is so high. Yeah. It makes me go like <laughs> Yeah, no, that's 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 what it is. The numbers are just different. Okay. Um, but yeah, it would be about dos mil pesos, which is oh. two thousand pesos. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> even two thousand pesos, it's still less than five dollars. Yeah. Um, alrighty. So another thing that I saw was how different the climates is oh, and I, girl, yes. and it, I guess it makes sense because it's thin and so it stretches. It's a thin, long country. So uh, it it's has basically, different... yeah, it's all the it's the west coast. Yeah. Um. So it's all the west coast through the Pacific. So it's all that long country. Um. So yeah, the north of Chile, it's pretty much like if you're going to western Washington, eastern Washington, like very desert, desert, very desert. Um, very very warm and very dry. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of like the north part. And then as you're getting closer to the central part, which is where I live, it's a little bit more template. Mediterranean. Exactly. Okay. So that's kind of how the climate is there. So in summer, it's a dry summer. It's like very hot and very dry. Mm-hmm. But then in winter, it rains. Sometimes it rains a lot. There's like storms and stuff. Yeah. And <laughs> the streets will get flooded. And yeah, it's very bad. <laughs> you know what? 
<laughs> As a little kid, did you ever play in those in the water? Oh, of course I did. We would do it all the time. Me, <laughs> I have a, I, I have a video or a photo of me and my sister, like four and five and mm-hmm. three or something like that, and we're in like underwear and we're just like standing. Yeah, just playing in the playing, mud. Playing, yeah. yeah, not the mud for actually probably, but like yeah, just in the, <laughs> like in the water. And stuff. Yeah, and it's like I love this the thunderstorms in Mexico. I uh-huh. loved it because they were so loud and they uh-huh. were like pouring like oh rain God. here and then we'd be playing in the streets because uh-huh. it's like it's raining and so cars would come by and exactly. we'd like splash on it. Yep. And it's like the amount of rain, I have never experienced that amount of rain anywhere else. No. I think I've never done either. Rain. Like when I think of rain, heavy raining, like when I, like I've only been in Seattle or in, in the area for um, a year and a half. To me, when it's like raining, I was like, this isn't like rain rain. No, but it can't. In here, it rains a lot more often. Yeah, uh, but it doesn't rain like it rains no, in there. You get like inches, inches yes, of yes, water yes, and there. it can be a week of storm. Yeah, like, easily, damn, easily. Um, um, so yeah, that's how it is in there. And then as you're getting closer to the south, it's a lot like in Washington. Lots of forest, very humid, humid lots pool. of rain. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I see that that Chile experiences volcanic eruptions. Oh yeah, and, and earthquakes. Yes, you grow up learning about what to do in an earthquake. That's just the thing. That's how we grow up. You go high. You try to get to the mountains and stuff. That's what you do. That's but crazy. while the earthquake is happening, you just try to find something with a triangle of life. <laughs> That's what they teach you. Um, so basically, you just get closer to a wall, for example, and you just. Um, lay on the floor like along the wall um so yeah anything that falls on you falls in a triangle and not like exactly on you because you have the um ah, that makes, no, perpen- that makes the perpendicular yeah angle yeah. um a right angle so, that's yeah. crazy um all right another thing that i saw this these are all facts except for the the vessel one um from britannica mm-hmm. so if anything's wrong it's not my fault <laughs> uh, so there's lots of fruit that grows there, mm-hmm. um, including grapes, peaches, plums, honeydew, melons, and apricots. I was like, damn, that's oh, yeah. great. We are known for having great wine. Really? Yes. Great wine. My father, in fact, he makes wine and beer. That's cool. <laughs> yes. That's cool. <laughs> so, yeah. That's cool. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Um, the Andes being there mm-hmm. is a barrier for animal migration. So, like, the animals that are there, it's not, like, as fra- varied as other places. No. Um, chinchillas, for example. Oh, my God. Common rodents like chinchillas. Yes. I love chinchillas. Oh, my I God. I love them. I have four. <laughs> oh, you didn't know this? I have four chinchillas. Hello. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love chinchillas so much. Okay. And then I had no idea that uh, a viscacha, that they exist. I, I saw it. I'm like, that looks like a, a chinchilla in a bunny. Exactly what it is. They're so cute. This, they're like this big. They're, they're so yes. cute. They're beautiful. And I, I'm obsessed. And like, I literally yeah. wrote in They're also so endangered, cute. though. But Are they? yes. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Um, the trade still exists. There's actually yeah. a, a, there's a special sanctuary in the north of Chile, in the mm-hmm. fourth region of Coquimbo. In there, there's the sanctuary of chinchillas it's the only place where endemic chinchillas still live it's protected because of the polar the pelletarian industry it's so yeah it's so hunters don't don't get in there because it's actually a private place 
So yeah, mm-hmm. a person bought it for the chinchillas so they can live there and survive. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So another thing that I wanted to look up was like the people that are from Chile. Uh-huh. Um, so some of them... Um, Mandalorian! Is... <laughs> yes! Uh, what's his name? Uh, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal, yes. I was like, what? Uh, Chile, yeah. Tom Araya from Slayer? Tom Araya, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, my I parents was, love him. I'm like, oh, fuck, you got headbangers! Yeah, yeah. of course they would. That's amazing. Yeah, I think my... I think my dad I don't remember if it was my dad or someone else, but yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who Mon Laferte is? Of course I know who oh, Mon Laferte is. She <laughs> is one of my favorite cont- singers yeah. and like yeah, 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 and songwriters. So yeah, I love her with my life. I've seen her live. I recently saw her in Seattle last oh, year. Really? Yep. I saw her. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And then um I saw that uh, the first Chilean to play in the NFL NFL was is Sammy Reyes. And then freaking Don Francisco from Sabado Gigante. Of course. I did not know that. I did not know that. No. Oh my God, now you know. I know. When I saw that, like, like, look at that. It is in, it's in a bold. Mm -hmm. Not bold, but it's in capitalics. I was like, of course. Don Francisco? Yep. Don Francisco. I grew up. You grew up with Don Francisco? Oh my God. I I grew up with him too because he created the Teleton. Do you know what the Teleton is? I no, it doesn't ring a bell right now, but so, I know that I've heard of it. Yeah, so the Teleton is this event, this fundraiser that Don Francisco created for disabled kids in Chile. Because, oh, wow. yeah, because everything for disabled kids, it's very, very expensive. Yeah. So he created this to help them. So every yeah. year, all the country gives money. So there's like a goal. Mm-hmm. There's a set goal every year for like how much money they need to help all the kids that are in the foundation. Yeah. So every year you have to meet that goal and everyone donates, um, entrepreneurs donate, people that are very rich donate. So yeah, it's a big event. It, it lasts two days and you don't sleep. Cool. Yeah, it goes through all night and yeah. That's crazy. People don't, don't sleep. Don Francisco doesn't sleep. Everyone that is in the event doesn't sleep. And That's if you're so watching cool. it, you don't sleep. <laughs> That's so yeah, really cool. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I grew up with Don Francisco. Cool. I, I feel like a lot of Latinx families grew up with Don Francisco. And here's the other thing: why um, a, a lot of the Spanish that sounds similar to, to Mexican Spanish, mm-hmm. like Colombian, Chile, El Salvador, El Salvador, maybe. I, I it's hard for me to mm-hmm. hear a distinct accent. I, like I can I can possibly tell, but I'm like I don't know. Maybe you're just from a different mm-hmm. part of Mexico kind of yeah. thing like I so again with him the way that he speaks and probably because of him being like with a Mexican um show like you, you, get, you never you, questioned it you, uh, you uh-huh. also like get used to other people's accents and uh-huh. stuff. so I was like he probably lost a little bit of his Chilean accent and gained a little bit more of a like a uh, Mexican accent mm-hmm. so like that's why I never noticed that but yeah I, like oh my god whenever I think of Don Francisco I think of um uh the one guy that worked that all black mask and he's like Bafuera! Oh my god, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. no, 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 fuera. Yeah. E fuera. Yes, oh my god. Fuera. Growing up yep. with that is epic. Like, <laughs> and that's the other thing, like, I grew up with that. And then being in Idaho, mm-hmm. no one knows this. A lot of, like, lingo and stuff like that, like, they don't know that. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's like, nice to say, like, Don Francisco and uh-huh. who that is. And stuff. Yeah. So that's nice. Yeah, for okay. sure. Well, that's all that I have for my little notes. Um. Any any shout outs, any social media? 
Well, shout outs to you, girl. I mean, <laughs> this this has been an amazing experience. I, I really love seeing how how you want to open like a way for people to see the different cultures yeah. and like how different we are because people often think that maybe Mexicans are the only ones that live here in the States. They're not. Oh, do you speak Mexican? Exactly. <laughs> that's the other thing. Like, oh, you get told that. Yeah, girl. You heard that, right? Yes. Oh, exactly. People, people always assume that you're Mexican, probably, right? Exactly. Yeah. Or they assume that I'm that I'm from just somewhere else, like yeah. that I'm from Europe or something. They don't expect me being Latina. They don't expect me to speak Spanish. <laughs> I know. Okay. I I know this is. I we're kind of towards the end, but I I thought of something. Um. So a lot of people are like, I think that the reason that you are more white passing mm -hmm. is because of how like the media mm -hmm. is considering someone to be white right now. Like exactly. the Kardashians is a big thing. Mm -hmm. If you look like a Kardashian, people think you're white. So a lot of people who are um, Middle Eastern, some Europeans and mm -hmm. um, some, some Latinas, people think they're now considered to be white passing like, uh -huh. like Ariana Grande too like yeah like, you know people... she's Italian yeah she's not even <laughs> yeah not she Mexican. was born here in Boca Raton but oh, yeah. she's Italian yeah see that's the thing is like people because of that it's kind of geared people's perspective perspective so they don't that's why I feel like the way you said that I was like okay well that would make sense because to me I'm like you're straight up Latina yeah like I could tell But again, I'm also very um, hyper-focused on stuff like that because people don't speak to me in Spanish. Yeah. Like, you didn't even speak to me in Spanish. You're like, oh, are you speaking Spanish? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, to be fair, I did have like half my face covered with a mask. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but you, yeah. Don't, you don't know. You, you don't, don't know. know. You, you really don't. But it's, it's, it's awesome when you find yeah. other Latina people it's here. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm not the only one. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty. Anything else that you want to end with? No, no, I don't think so. But thank mm -hmm. you so much for this opportunity. It's, no, it's thank been you. great. I love this. This is great. Alrighty. Well, thank you, everyone. And signing off.